0: Our Father in Heaven, we do thank You. We've heard the good news through all these wonderful hymns, Lord, and uh, rejoice in that. Rejoice in the message, Lord. Help us, Lord, to remember also that it's a free gift that we could never have obtained upon our own or no one else could except Jesus. But Lord, help us to remember also that just to believe we are Mine isn't good enough, but a gift, even though it's free, it has to be accepted. Yes. And we pray today, Lord, that today and all through this Christmas period, where the gospel will be heard over and over, we pray that uh, all the people that are here would search their hearts to understand whether they really uh, received that gift or not. Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have through the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering and our cooperative program giving. And Lord, we pray that uh, your people all over the world, especially in America and here in this church, we would give generously, Lord, because your heart is for the people to be saved from out of every uh, tribe and nation and people in the world. And Father, it's time is ticking fast, but we drag our feet on uh, giving generously so that others can go. We may not have the opportunity, you may not be calling us, but you do call us to support those that will go. We thank you now for this church and its offerings, Lord, and bless it especially. And for Rusty as he preaches for today. Give us ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Would you stand and sing with us? us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government in Righteousness from that time on and forever.
2: Thank you all again so much for, for sharing your giftings with us, and the messages of the songs are indeed a blessing as we we listen and as we remember the wonderful true meaning of Christmas. Speaking of Christmas, there's some songs you hear around this time of year that just make you go, huh? Round yon virgin kind of an odd phrase. This is maybe even a little more odd. We like the fa-la-la-la-la part, but did you know that one of the lines is, troll the ancient yuletide carol. Troll. Now, that means something different in our day than it did um, back in the day that somebody wrote that. It means to you know, just to joyfully sing out with all your heart. And then you hear, repeat the sounding joy. What is sounding joy? Well, you know, it's certainly something that you can hear with your ears, but beyond that, it's emphatic. It's expressive. It's something that resonates where there's, there's no doubt what's going on. It's more meaningful than pulling up next to one of those vehicles that believes their music is more important than yours, and you can hear it and feel it well before you get there. It's a joyful noise that is both captivating and contagious. I I like to read. I actually didn't like to read, but um, I I taught myself to like to read, and um, I read a good book this week. I found it through a Google search, I ordered it on Amazon, it came, um, I started reading it, I couldn't put it down, um, and actually I just Googled my sermon title, Sounding Joy, and I was like, oh, there's a book called Sounding Joy, i got to have it, so I ordered it and I read it, and um, and I read the whole thing, one sitting, I just couldn't put it down, but I have to be honest, it's only 24 pages long, and, and there are pictures. Okay, let's be very honest. There's lots of pictures, and the words are big. I mean, big in size, not big in I don't understand them. But I want to read it for you. It's called Sounding Joy. It was written by um, Ellie Holcomb, who also um, sings many songs that you may like. Um, I am very, I'm somewhat adept at reading upside down, so I may try to read upside down so you can at least see. Um, we'll start here with a moose, so you can see that. But it says, what does joy sound like? Is it like the snow? Does joy sound like laughter? Or friends that you know? It's a board book, so these are really easy to turn. Or like holding your breath when you play hide and seek. Maybe joy sounds real loud like a, Hip, hip, hooray. Or a whisper, I love you, at the end of the day. Joy sounds a little like all of these things. But a long time ago, joy sounded like wings. If you can imagine on a dark winter's night, the sky filled with angels all shining with light. And suddenly, the shepherds and sheep down below were surrounded by songs from the heavenly host. Glory to God and peace to all men. The angels, they sang it again and again. There is good news. God bent down low and sent us His Son to make heaven our home. So every Christmas we string up the lights to remember the way that those angels shone bright. And we sing all the songs and we bang all the drums to remember the night that God sent His Son. Glad tidings, great joy, we are never alone. The songs will remind us we all have a home. So every Christmas, each girl and boy can lift up their voice, and repeat sounding joy. What does joy mean? What does joy sound like today? What does joy do to affect your life? It's a few of the questions that we'll consider today as we think about the sounding joy. All around the main idea that Jesus came to bring joy to the world. In Luke's account of the birth of Jesus, we have the encounter of angels and shepherds. And I won't read the entire portion. In fact, I just want to start in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, and read through verse 14 before we pray. But listen to these words. Luke chapter 2, verse number 10. And the angel said to them, Fear not. And on earth, peace among those with whom He is pleased. Lord, we thank You that You sent Your Son, Jesus, who is both Savior, Christ, and Lord. And we join in the chorus of angels that gives You glory. We thank You that there is peace on earth because Jesus came to earth that He gave His life as the payment for our sin, and that His blood brought our peace. And we thank You that the music of Christmas sounds out the joyful message that Jesus is Lord, that He is living, and He is Savior. And so Lord, help us this morning to see that Jesus came to bring true joy to the world. And it's a joy that doesn't come from the world, and the world can't take it away. Thank you, Lord. Speak to our hearts through your word and by your spirit, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll apologize if you don't have um, the little sermon notes for you to fill in. Um, Dawn has been sick all the week, and so the the piece of paper that you do have, um, hopefully there's no typos on there because um, I typed that up yesterday, but I tried to make it, as efficient as possible, and I ran out of room, so there's no room for the notes. It's three points. It's simple. You can write them in the margin on the side of your paper somewhere. But the first thing we need to understand is that joy starts with God. He's the source of joy. He is the fullest expression of joy. In Psalm 104, it says that the Lord rejoices in all His works. So when he looks out and sees anything that he's done, he rejoices. He finds joy in that. In Genesis, in the phrase, he looked upon it and said it was good. We find that he rejoices in all creation. Zephaniah writes about the fact that the Lord rejoices in his people. Matthew tells us that he rejoices most in his Son, who he is well pleased in. And so it starts with God, and as an outpouring of that, joy for us is simply the natural and certain outcome of fellowship with God. That if you know God through His Son, Jesus, then you have joy. It's based on the relationship. It's involved in being in His presence, and it's connected very closely to His character and His nature. So we could say that God's presence with us is joy. Psalm 1611, David writes that in God's presence there is fullness of joy. So God is the most joyful that has ever existed, and we can only experience true joy in Him as we come close to Him. And that relationship is made possible because of the fellowship we can have with God through His Son, Jesus. And in that relationship comes peace that we've already talked about, hope that we looked at last week, and then joy that we look at today. And so when those angel messengers appeared to the shepherds on the hillside, they in unveil the truth for all the world that not only God started joy, but that joy was present in Jesus. We sing the song, Joy to the World, the Lord has come, which interestingly was not originally written as a Christmas song. It was written about the second coming, but we sing it at Christmas to think about the fact that Jesus came and He ascended, but, but He's coming back. And when He came, He came to bring joy to the whole world. We see it in the message that the, the angel, because there's one angel that appears before the host appears, and he, he finds, I bring you good news of great joy that's for all the people. It's interesting. You know, good news. It's what the word that we use, gospel. It's a, it's a heralded message that everyone is supposed to listen to because it's important. It brings great joy that's not based in the reality of life, but not nor the circumstances that we undergo, but in the fact that we can be in the presence of God. And it's for all people, each and every person, any person, all people, not just a few, not just the Jews, but the entire world. Now in the day we live in, we have to understand that sometimes good news is only good news for Maybe on a good day, about half the people, because we are so divided in the things that we find appreciation in, the things that we distaste. Or maybe if we were a little more optimistic, we could say that, you know, sometimes good news is favorable to maybe a majority of people. But very seldom is there good news that everyone is excited about. But this message from the angels to the shepherds is simply this, good news of great joy for all People, Which meant it was good news for everyone at any place in time, in any situation in life, for all of eternity. And this message came to the lowest people of society. Simple, stinking shepherds. It's because they hang out with sheep. They don't really have much choice. And the angels sang this song to what we would consider probably in our day just the laid-back country folks. Just average Joes, maybe Janes, could be shepherdesses. People that we would consider as salt of the earth. And you could probably, if Garth Brooks had been around in that day, if you knew a shepherd, you could probably sing I've Got Friends in Low Places because they were low. But the good news in that message is That means no one's left out. Because if God includes all, that means I am included. You're included. Everyone is included. No one is left out. And that even at our lowest, even at what we would consider our worst, Jesus came from the highest place of glory to bring joy to our hearts. Listen to this message. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Can't you just see little Linus standing out on that stage and sharing that message? Charlie Brown Christmas. Savior Christ Lord. Powerful title. Savior. Call Him Jesus. The angels gave the message to Mary and to Joseph, which means... The Lord is salvation because what? He will save His people from their sins. Parents often think about what their children will be one day when they grow up. How would you like to get that message from very early on? Hey Mary, you're going to have a baby. It's not going to be from a man. It's going to be by the Holy Spirit. And by the way, you're going to call Him Jesus because He's going to save His people from their sins. And then to hear the prophecy from an elderly person waiting on the coming Messiah that her own side would be pierced as she one day would see her son pierced and nailed to a cross. He's Savior. He's also Christ, the Anointed One. The Old Testament promised Messiah, the one chosen by God for a special mission. God's chosen servant. As you read through the book of Isaiah, you find over and over, Again, these messages about the servant, about the Messiah that is coming, pointing toward the one that would be the Lord Jesus. The one who would redeem Israel and ultimately the entire world. And then Lord. It's the Greek word, kurios. It means ruler or master. And we find when Jesus speaks those words in the the New Testament, that He is proclaiming Himself to be the great I Am, the Lord Himself, the God of both Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that was now veiled in flesh, as the song says, the Godhead He, hail incarnate deity. So this little baby to be born in Bethlehem would be the great I Am, Emmanuel, meaning God with us, the great King of all kings. The one who made all things, and in whom all things are held together. And so the good news about Jesus brings great joy. I didn't know this until the somewhat modern age, and we'd have never um, believed when I first got my um, Commodore 64, which had 64 kilobytes of information, that there was something called a megabyte. One million bytes. We see mega stars in society, whether they're television celebrities or athletes, the highest profile people in their sport. But here, this good news of great joy is mega joy. It's off the charts. It's Joy that can't be expressed in any number, in any value, and nothing on earth can top it. There's no way you could buy it. You can't create it. You can only hear it, believe it, and respond to it. It's good news. that brings great joy. And once you experience it, there's no way to possibly deny it the last thing we need to see is joy is always evident. Have you noticed that just joyful people stand out? Their joy just bubbles over. They can't help it. It just happens. Joyful people are just joyful. Now on the other side of that, we find other people that walk out their door and they put on their happy face to hide their hurts. But yeah, you never hear of a joyful person putting on a sad face, you know, to hide their joy, right? No, they're just joyous. It's easy to see. It's hard to ignore. It defines logic many times. And if you are a follower of Jesus, here's the wonderful truth. That joy already exists. It's joy in Him. Because joy arrives in the human heart at the moment that you put your faith and trust in Jesus. It comes with salvation. And that joy is eternal. Jesus promised us in John 16, no one will take your joy away from you. It's internal. It's not based on circumstances. It's deeper than any form of happiness that we could experience because happiness is based on happenstances. It's based on Circumstance, good things happen to us, we're happy and excited, bad things happen, we're either sad, mad, or depressed, or etc. But joy is certain. It's a sure thing because it rests in the relationship that we have with God and it's present inside of us by the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5 tells us it's a fruit of the Spirit. And we don't just get some of the fruit. We get all the fruit when we get the Spirit. Romans 14, 17, listen to this. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and then joy in the Holy Spirit. Paul writes to the Thessalonians, it says it's joy from the Holy Spirit. So we should be joy-filled, joyous people. But as John Piper, Pastor writes, joy is indestructible, but sometimes it can go to sleep. And you may be feeling like that this morning. Maybe your joy is asleep. Maybe it's clouded by the circumstances around you and it's hard to look up and see anything to be joyful in. And so let me just give you a few things that help you to see maybe how you can wake up the joy in your life. Here's the key. Here's the number one Thing you can do. Trust and obey God. Joy is inseparably connected to obedience. So obedience. Thankfulness. See Romans twelve twelve. Being thankful for your, what you have, for the people around you, for your present circumstances, for the God who sustains you, can help wake up your joy. Praising God Change the channel if you want to look at it that way. You know, put it off the woe is me track that we play inside the the I'm-so-down-in-the-dumps playlist that just over and over goes in our mind to start praising God. Put on some praise music. Sing praise. Read your Bible. Read the Psalms. But there's other ways. Generous giving can bring you great joy. 2 Corinthians 8. 2. And then prayer and fellowship with God. You see John 16, just being in God's presence. There's fullness of joy. And this joy that Jesus brings to your heart, it starts and it grows on the inside, but it can't help but express itself on the outside. If you look all through the first part of Luke, this account of the birth and early life of Jesus, what you see it over and over again is joy in action. Even before Jesus is born, even before John the Baptist is born, the joy starts. Because in Luke 1.44 it tells us that unborn John jumps for joy when he comes close to unborn baby Jesus. Because Mary's there and Elizabeth says to her, When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. reminds us that joy affects our whole body. Helps you stand a little more upright and not so shoulder slumped. It helps your your body language not be so closed off. You're more open. It may even put a smile on your face. But then we read just a few more verses and we find that a mother sings a joyful song. It's a beautiful word of testimony, taking just truth from the Old Testament and bringing it into the present that here is Mary, the mother of Jesus. She's a virgin. She's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And listen to what she says. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Not, oh no, what am I going to do? Why? For he took notice of this lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. joy puts a song on your lips. We looked at the angels. They announced this joyful news to shepherds who are out there watching flocks. Good news, great joy, all the people. Savior, who is Christ the Lord. He's born in Bethlehem. You guys drop your what you're doing and go and see, and they do. The joy is joy is good news, and joy brings good. News. And then we see in the, the record of the shepherds, if we read along a little more in Luke chapter 2, they joyfully share the good news. So they hurry off to Bethlehem to see this child, and then they're on their way back, and they leave filled with joy, and everyone they come in contact with, they are telling this wonderful story. Verse 20 of chapter 2, And the shepherds return, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Why? Because joy fills our hearts and overflows all around us. Joy changes our attitudes. It motivates our actions. It shapes conversations. And just as Nehemiah wrote in his day, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I probably won't see the new movie about Napoleon, but I did read about one of his generals, Andre Messina, tactical genius who one day, suddenly appeared with his 18,000-man army before the little Austrian town of Feldkirch. Now, a little bit about the town. It was small, it was defenseless, and the town council had a swift meeting, and they decided, we should probably surrender. And then a priest reminded them that it was Easter. He begged them that they should continue on their services as usual and leave the trouble ahead into God's hands. So they held the service. They rang the bells in the town to let everyone know that church was coming. 18,000 French soldiers with a well-trained tactician heard the bells. And they came to the conclusion that the Austrian army must have arrived. They quickly broke camp and retreated. And worship, the joyful bells of a church steeple won the victory that day. Thousands of years before, the sounding joy of angels announced the coming Savior whose death, life, and death would bring greatest victory known to man over both sin and death and hell. To herald the good news that God bent down low and as the book I read earlier said, and sent us His Son so to make heaven our home. Which brings us back full circle to the beginning that God sent Jesus to bring true joy to the world. Shepherds heard the sound of angels singing one night near Bethlehem. And today, the sounding joy still resonates for all to hear. The Gospel still sounds sweet to hungry hearts. The bells of joy ring out freedom, hope, peace, life. Joy, which the Bible characterizes as unspeakable. Joy came to earth. Joy came to the world. As John would write, the Word became flesh and dwelt among men. Jesus came. Savior, Christ, and Lord. Since I first reread the words of O Holy Night a few weeks ago, my mind keeps going back to a phrase. Two phrases. Actually, A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. It's a wonderful picture of eyes that are open to the reality of what God is willing to do for lowly people like us. But even within that song, those words, my mind keeps going back to just two, three words. The weary world. I think it's a picture of the many people that that feel the weight of sin. Not at all the thrill of hope. They experience the weariness of life and it robs them of the joy that God wants them to experience. But the good news wrapped up in lyric is this, that a new and glorious reality is available in Christ. That it could be the brightest morning of the very best day you have ever experienced. Because Jesus came to make all things new. He puts the thrill of hope in the thrill of hope. And He brings light into the darkness. And so let me just challenge you along two lines before we're finished The first is enter into the joy with Jesus. I mentioned those things earlier. Obedience, prayer, praise, giving. All are great ways, especially during the holiday season, to rekindle your joy. You want to have some joy, just spend time with Jesus. And when you spend time with Jesus, you'll begin doing the things that Jesus And when you start doing the things that Jesus does, paying His Father, spending time with Him, giving and sharing, you're going to have a joy that is indestructible, unspeakable, and overflowing. So enter His joy and then share the joy of Jesus. Who can you share some joy with even today, tomorrow, or in the day after? It can be with your words. It can be with your actions. Enter His joy. Share His joy. So what does joy sound like? It sounds a whole lot like the best news ever. There's joy to the world. The Lord is come. His name is Jesus, and He is the joy of Christmas. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful and humbled by a love that would give everything to those that have nothing. That you became poor so that we might be rich. That we were lifeless, hopeless, and destined for judgment, yet you sent your son to pay the penalty for our sins. Because he took our punishment and died in our place, we can have life new and fresh. We can experience hope and peace and joy because of your great love. And as we rest in that truth, as we feel the warmth of your love as you smile upon us, Lord, help us to find our place close beside you. That we would joy and delight in our Savior, that it would encourage and strengthen our hearts, and that we would share the joy that you have given us with those around us. We ask that with your help we would do this, and we trust it to you. And pray in the name of Jesus, Amen. I'm going to play some music quietly. I know for very many people when they think of the holidays it's more a time of remembrance for things that bring depression, sadness, hurt. And you know, there's no amount of gift that could ever make that go away. There's not enough Christmas lights available that you can hang on your house. There's not enough stuff at Hobby Lobby that you could buy even though I think people try to wash away the feelings of pain and sadness. But in the midst of that, joy is available. It's accomplished by Jesus. We just enter into it by relationship with Him. So maybe today, if we had a joy meter inside of us, you'd say you're probably running on empty are pretty close because you're not empty if you have Jesus in your life. But you might look in the needle's way over here and you want to know how you can move the needle back. Just Start by coming to Jesus. Lay your life down before Him and say, I want to obey you. I want to walk in the way you walk and I want to feel the joy that you feel. Maybe you look around. There's people in your family and, and, and this morning maybe it's just praying and you know that, man, the holidays come and it's just down in the dumps time for them. They just can't wait for it to get over. You know, it's not joy of the world. It's it's blue Christmas for them. And and that's real. Maybe you just want to lift their name up in prayer. Maybe there's someone that you know and, and when you see and you look in their eyes, you just see that, that hollowness, that darkness, that emptiness. You see hopelessness. You see the need for love and joy and peace and appreciation. Maybe you just want to spend time lifting those names up. Those that you know that are apart from Jesus, the one that you Maybe there's some other decision you need to make, or a burden on your heart. The altar is open. The music's going to play quietly as we pause a few moments and allow Lord, the Lord, to speak to our hearts. So let's listen to Him together. Thank you all for joining us this morning for worship. Um, you may have noticed that um, Jackie's not here playing the piano, so please just be in prayer for Jackie and her family. She went to Arkansas. Her her dad had a medical emergency. You may have seen it on the prayer chain, so uh, just be in prayer for him and for her if she's away, but I just got to tell you, ya, y'all can do it without a piano. Y'all did a good job. They to jump in over there and play on some keys. So I want to thank you again for your flexibility. They just kind of go with the flow. And they I think they take their music serious, but they're fairly laid back in the way they approach things. And so just let's just show our appreciation to them for not just today, but their continued service to the Lord. Um, y'all may not know this. You probably do know this. They don't get a W-2 at the end of the year, because. We pay them nothing, but they do this because they love the Lord, and we are very thankful for that. Let me just um, remind you about our schedule for next week. Um, Next Sunday is Christmas Eve, Um, so no Sunday school. Let me say that, no Sunday school. We'll have one worship. Well, we only have one worship. We'll have worship service at 10 o'clock, 10 a.m. worship, no Sunday school. Good news is if you come for Sunday school, you're only 30 minutes early for church. And we'll find something for you to do. We'll give you a cup of coffee to drink or something. So worship 10 o'clock will be done by 11. And then Christmas Eve is candlelight service at 6 p.m. Usually lasts about 30 minutes, maybe 35 minutes. It's a good opportunity to, to take a break. So if you've, you know, you've had round one of eating and spending time with family, you can come to Christmas Eve um, and you can go back. And by then you're hungry and you're ready for round two. Or it's a great transition from... Um, eating to looking at Christmas lights, if that's part of your habit. But most importantly, and seriously, it's a a wonderful way to just prepare your hearts and remind yourself of the true meaning of of Christmas. So that's next Sunday. Remember, no Sunday school. Worship at 10 a.m. Candlelight service at 6 p.m. And then for the next Sunday, New Year's Eve, we'll be back to regular schedule, regular Sunday school, regular church. So just next week, um, there'll be no Sunday school. So... um, want to thank you for worshiping. Remind you, if you um, haven't checked the post office, check the Moon post office, which is out the door to the right. It's in alphabetical order and you may have some Christmas cards with your name on them, so be sure and check that. Um, Why don't you join me in standing? The worship team is going to lead us in a song to close us out and um, after that you're dismissed. Lord bless you.
1: So. i